doctors just do the chronic seasonal stuff. Um, but it was just powerful. I could see the Holy Spirit moving through the video as I was watching people as we were reading the scripture um, and listening to the music. And then about halfway through, oftentimes when I'm standing up here praying, I can feel God. I start to just tingle all over, like get goosebumps, and I can just feel him. Um, and I felt that Wednesday night as I was singing, and I caught myself singing really loudly and thinking my husband's in the other room trying to watch basketball, I think, and he's probably sitting there going, what is that noise coming out of that bedroom? Because I'm not... I'm not a singer like Missy, but it took it just took over. The 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 Holy Spirit took over and I felt like he was moving and it's been a really challenging couple of years for me, but this week seemed like it was really pulling me down. The stress was insurmountable. I was exhausted. I was physically not feeling well. Mentally and emotionally I was tired and I kept saying Wednesday. I mean, I worked until 5:30 and then I had to get dinner and get the house kind of cleaned up. And I was like, God, I don't know if I can do this tonight. I'm really tired. I would just like to get in my recliner. But he was like, no, 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 you need to be there. So I literally ate dinner in 10 minutes to get on that Zoom call. And it was reinvigorating. I slept the best night all week was Wednesday night. I woke up the next morning. I was still feeling a little under the weather, but mentally and emotionally, I felt a lot better. A lot of, lot of clarity. So Wednesday night just resonated with me across multiple levels, and we're hoping to do this more often. Um, and I would encourage everyone, even if you can't be there in person, join us because the power of the Holy Spirit in the middle of the battles that you're fighting during the week is just amazing. Thank you, and stay up here because you're going to lead us in prayer. But Shirley, uh, Lucinda, Lori, I know if you want to come up and share, you can. Come on up, Shirley. You can see in right behind Lori and Sherrod next. Well, first I want to say thank you to Jeff for it's obvious the time and thought he puts into these Wednesday night prayer services. Um, and when he asked, I said, sure. But then I thought, how do I put into words the feeling that I had? Um, and I don't think there is any, except I know that I was being washed heavily by the Holy Spirit that night. Um, and he played, or Jeff played um, a video, and I learned several things that the Lord wanted me to know. And that was a real encouragement. Um, and it was just from start to finish, it was just a true blessing. So thank you. Well, going to the chapel was a little different for me because I'm usually on Zoom. And but for that night, I always like um, I always like going to the chapel. Well, for Bible study. Um, I like going to the chapel for prayer and praise because it's so, the Holy Spirit is there and it's so intimate. Um, it's cozy and uh, it was just, um, you can feel the presence of the Lord as soon as you walk in. And what, um, one of the parts of the service was praying for each other and 
to be faithful. And we had the person next to us. And um, so we prayed specifically for me. The person prayed for me to be faithful and to grow in the Lord. And I prayed that also for the, uh, the person next to me. And um, it's very, it's nice to be specific and have that person right there um, to be praying with. And that's where our power is, is in the prayer. The other part of the service that um, really spoke to me was uh, at one point we walked up onto the whiteboard and if you wanted to, and to write down initials or names of people that you were praying for, for salvation. And after we did that, um, all I could focus on through the rest of the service was all of those names and initials are people that we are burdened for so much for the Lord to um, speak to. And it kind of changed my perspective on praying for my husband, not to go into a big, long story, but I was praying, no, pray for Mark's salvation, pray for Mark's salvation. But then I decided that I would pray the name of Jesus over him, which is one of the songs. I'm not sure if we did it that night, but one of the songs we've been having here. And that kind of changed my perspective on things. And um, the Lord opened up a window, which I won't go into, um, with Nick. And he actually met my husband, and um, which was kind of nice. And um, it's just amazing to see how the Lord will take little pieces and put that together. Um, but if you ever have the opportunity to go to the chapel, it's... It's life-changing, it's inspiring, and um, the Lord is definitely working. And um, thank you. Anyone else? Is there? Oh, one, Tim. This is my cousin, Tim. You get clap for Tim. <laughs> Payback. <laughs> well, um, I live fairly close, so it's not hard for me to get there, and it's always an encouragement. And um, I had been reading in Hebrews chapter 12 the day before, and the meeting was on that scripture. And I was like so encouraged in my faith because I was wondering, God, are you still with me still, you know? And when, I, when he read the scripture in Hebrews, it's, I just read that scripture. And it, and it really helps your faith. It really, you know, coming to church is good, but sometimes you need to keep... Uh, you know, feeding yourself. And so it was a really good faith encouragement thing. And some of you may play sports and if you're going to play in the game, you got to go to practice. And so um, it was, it's, it's a really good time. And it's, and like Shirley said, it's a small group of people and you can share and really open up. And uh, it really encourages your faith a lot. If you can, if you can go, I recommend it. Amen, <laughs> One quick. Yes. So everybody has shared beautifully, and I don't have a lot to add on that other than it was a powerful, amazing service. And the Zoom made it, I was getting over illness, and I didn't want to one, I wasn't feeling great, and I didn't want to make anybody else sick. And I hope that we do have these more often. And with the Zoom, we have so many people in our congregation coming from far away. It makes it so that everybody can participate. And if you're not sure what it's about, just go on and check it out. And, and, and the power of the spirit, like, like Stacey said, it goes right through that, that device that you're listening to, and he touches you. And so I just encourage you. Good morning, church. Good morning, Mercy. Um, I was also there Wednesday evening in person, and <clears throat> I will echo the words that actually Shirley used uh, 
intimacy. And I recently read fellowship, like one definition of it is deepening intimacy. And there was something about that chapel. It is so special and so cozy and intimate. It really felt like the Holy Spirit was on us. And I will personally share that um, I've been struggling with discouragement in my life, like feeling discouraged. And the word encourage keeps coming up. And I was so encouraged that evening. The next day, I felt so different, so filled up, so nurtured, so fed. I think Tim used that word feeding. Um, and it shifted everything for the week. I was so encouraged and filled with encouragement that I am like, my prayer was to run the race. Like when God says run, run. When God says rest, rest. And this week I've been running the race with encouragement and encouraging others. So I highly recommend it and I hope we keep doing it. Thank you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fellowship of this congregation. We thank you for opportunities to come together in prayer. As you say in your words, where we pray together, there is power. Lord Jesus, we just pray for those who are traveling today. We specifically pray for Jay and pray for um, safe travels, but also ease of travel, that there are no hiccups along her journey, that she makes it back to Michigan on time and has some time to just gather herself and prepare for the week ahead. Lord, we pray for those who are taking care of our roads during these storms, during these unprecedented times. Lord, we pray for rest, for the weary. We pray for the first responders who are there. We thank you for people like the Vermont State Police who dive into frozen ponds to save children who stumbled into the ice cold water. We thank you, Lord, for all of the blessings on this earth and for this beautiful sun-filled morning. And it's in your Lord name, and it's in your Lord Jesus that we pray. Amen. The splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, when all the earth rejoices. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God!
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Sorry I messed up the words. I'm glad you knew the song or sang it as a prayer because uh, God knows and he is great. And that is our declaration. Uh, as we continue this morning, I'm just going to invite Missy up to give us a couple um, announcements regarding the uh, end of year giving and the receding. But just a reminder that you can share this on YouTube. It is streaming live, but also after uh, we upload it for a podcast. But uh, Missy, could you just sh uh, share about the tithes and offerings? So believe it or not, it's not too late to give um, end of the year giving for 2023. As long as I receive a check that's um, postmarked with that date on it, I can apply it to the correct time period if you are looking to give a year-end gift. Um, and I will be having all of the, um, the tax documents out to you guys um, this coming week. I know that I don't have everybody's emails and, um, or addresses. So I, I would like, my first preference is to email it to everybody. Um, so if, I, I don't know if it says it on the, in the contact information, I think, on um, the website, I, I think my email is listed there, or come and see me. Um, if you haven't gotten it by next Friday, it means I don't have your 
correct information. So please reach out and I will be glad to get that to you. Oh, and actually I did want to share one other thing. When God speaks to our hearts and places a burden on us to give, that doesn't necessarily mean financially. There are so many needs within our congregation. Um, the, the women's ministry and leaning and growing on each other is a, it's, it is a form of giving. You're giving your time. And, and there are many ways. I, I know Jeff doesn't want to sit here and do all of the electronics and run the service and everything like that. If there is anybody that's gifted in that area, speak up. If there's something else that God is placing on your heart, um, just follow God. That, that's all that, that we're asking. So thank you. And I'm going to invite Chris Stobel. Christable, come on up here, please. Come on, Chris. Give me a big help to me. Chris got his cast off. Now he has a little brace. But uh, yeah, you can, if you can sit here, sit here, and all you have to do is press that arrow over when I tell you to. So you can press it over. Now, there you go. Again. Okay. And so one reason why we do this, and you can go through these um, is because we want to see God change people's lives. That happens through profession of faith that happens through baptism, that happens through the sacraments, that happens when we get together and we function as a church, where it's not pastor-led, it's Jesus-led. And as followers of Jesus, we all can share, we all can speak, we can all be a part, and so we all get to celebrate these great things that happen in the body of our church as well. And look at that smile. I give Nick another big round of applause. Like, this is what it's about. It's about, it's about Jesus but Jesus uses family. He uses people. And that's what we want to celebrate. But you can go forward. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the earth. You will receive power. Power from the Holy Spirit. This is what we desire. Not in our own strength. Not in our own wisdom. Not because somebody said so. But simply because we find rest in who Jesus is. This year, this new year, what are you hoping to accomplish? Have you hidden the word of God in your heart? Is this something that you would like to do? That you begin to memorize scripture? You start to open the Bible instead of like, ah, I need to read because that's what a Christian should do. It's like, I need to read so I can learn what God has for me. And then we need to study the Bible. So it's not just going to a small group, a life group, or meeting with friends. It's meeting with people that we care about, that we can invest in and say, hey, this is how God encouraged me. I want to encourage you. Or this piece of scripture, it doesn't make sense to me. What are your thoughts? What has God shown you in the past? How can we interpret a commentary? How can we look at something and learn about that? You can leave it on here for a little bit because self-discipline, I do a decent job being self-disciplined as far as if I set a goal, if I set a calendar, I'm okay. Like I have a planning guide now for uh, the Spartan race that Jay and I are doing. I have like my uh, date set. It was so slow at work the other day that I did my budget and like when we're going to be debt free and where to put our savings and then how we can uh, do a little bit of investing. And I'm just so excited about with these dates and these deadlines and putting these dreams with uh, not just a dream, but having a goal with a set time frame on it. And so the discipline is there, the check marks is there. But one thing I do lack is self-control because if I am training, I feel like, hey, I worked out hard. I played basketball last night and I'm going to do with the rowing machine tonight. So I deserve, I feel like I need because I should have because I'm a good guy and I already worked out. So I need a donut. 
but not a donut because it's a break if you get two donuts. And if you get six, you get even a bigger discount. Not that I'd eat all six because I'm not gluttonous. I would eat three and then I give three away. And so I think about, hey, this is so I lack self-control, even though we have discipline, even though we have structure. Sometimes there's little things how Satan works. that He changes our mind or gets in our thinking. And we think, hey, I lack self-control. And to admit that is important to admit it. It's also important to realize that we should not ever want to be in control. We should give God control. That's something we say, and it's on coffee mugs. But you can be disciplined, but if you lack that self-control, the two won't match up. Go ahead, Chris. We will finish the book of Acts this year. You can clap for that. That's something we will do in 2024, so that's okay. We will. It is a very good book, though, and I hope I haven't made it boring because it's such an excellent book. So that is something that we are disciplined and controlled to do. But remember, never stop learning because life never stops teaching. I'm going to read that again. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. I've shared it several times. I went to a church a long time ago. And there's somebody in the back and they were just watching people come in and go out. It's kind of be like Shirley. If Shirley never came in to take part of the service, it'd be like, Shirley, we miss you. Like, we want you here, not just greeting. It's great to see somebody welcoming. And so it's great to be there, but you're included. You want to be a part. But this individual, they stayed outside and they said, Jeff, I've heard so many sermons. There's nothing new I can learn at church. It's like, oh. Well, I guess the Holy Spirit can convict you out there just as well as in here, but I didn't say that. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. So what goes well with peanut butter? Anybody? You get it? Uh, you guys, jelly. We're, we're, we're really basic. Peanut butter and jelly, they just go together. So if you had a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly, you would think they go together. And they don't just go together. Hit this next slide. I looked up deluxe peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Now, there's always somebody that says, I'm allergic to peanut butter. Well, I'm sorry. Then think of something else. Or you might say, well, I don't like strawberry. I prefer grape. Well, just picture in your mind the jelly you like and just think about when you mix peanut butter and jelly together. And I know my dad used to say, why did the bread quicker you're dead? I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, on white bread, there's just something about white bread and peanut butter and jelly. And then you can even make it look fancy and you can add like fresh, uh, not vegetables, uh, fruit, <clears throat> sliced fruit on that. Even though we had a pastor, I digress, but it's okay, I guess. He made peanut butter and onion sandwiches. And then I tried one. I was like, hey, it's not too bad. So anyway, <clears throat> there's peanut butter and there's jelly. You can hit that next slide. What goes well together? This is a Clydesdale. Jay reminded me, or Beth, a few years ago, I ran in a race. And I thought, hey, I did pretty good. I made top 20 for my division. And then Beth said, what is the division? It's like, oh, it's the Clydesdale division. It's like for people of a certain age that are over 200 pounds, it's a Clydesdale division. It's like, hey, so top 20, I don't care. I'll take it. Uh, average workhorse, you can hit that, can pull 8,000 pounds. The average workhorse can pull 8,000 pounds. But when you are teamed up, when you are yoked together, when you are paired, what do you think? No, go back. You ruined it, Chris. What do you think <laughs> the average uh, pair of horses can pull? Well, hey, you guys are so smart. You can hit that. It isn't just double. It's multiplied. There's something about when things are 
to done together, there's multiplied effort. That's why corporate prayer is so important. That's why you can pray online. You can gather because the Holy Spirit truly is at work. But there's something about being together that lifts us up. So it's not you're here, you're here. Too often we've done church in silos. If you're familiar with farms, the silos here, silos here. God does not want us to do church in silos. He wants us to be the body of Christ. Now, did I mention I'm training for a Spartan race? You can hit that. Uh, never stop learning because life never stops. You hit that. Um, I'm training for a Spartan race. It's something you need to do when you're working out, when you're getting in shape, is to hydrate. It's to hydrate, to drink water. Next slide. But I don't want to just hydrate. I want, this is um, electrolytes. I guess they're good for you. Transmission of nerve impulses, fluid osmolality, facilitate muscle contraction, and uh, all I care about is the bottom. Maintaining electrolyte homostasis is essential. Did you know that? Maintaining this electrolyte thing is essential. So if you're training for something, you want something essential. Oh, don't hit that next slide. Uh, Ever since, I don't know if... Um, anybody's ever had this, I had to have a tooth pulled. And now like, I feel like I talk funny, but I also feel like my mouth is always dry. Anybody? Anybody? No. Okay. So, um, well, Beth gets water. You don't, it doesn't have to be full. Cause I don't even know the next you get, that's good. Um, so you need to hydrate, you need to hydrate. And there's a little bit of residue in here from, uh, this osmosis stuff, not osmosis, whatever it's called. You can hit that next slide. But I don't want to just hydrate with water. I want to use electrolytes because it does something. Go back one slide. It uh, maintains your homeostasis uh, essential stuff. So there's this thought that we can we can hydrate. Can somebody tell me like how many ounces of water you're supposed to use to mix to make this appropriate? Beth, thank you. Thank you. I used to think it was 16, but I don't know. So uh, you can hit that next slide. So I want to train, and I I, I want to finish, and frankly, I want to beat Jay in this race, but I just want to look good without a shirt on on the beach. That's really why I'm doing it. So anyway, uh, but so you have water, and you have something that's supposed to help you achieve. And I know there's some people that say, oh, that's just a placebo effect. You're just wasting your money. Well, yeah, I didn't build a church for it. So you guys don't have to worry. But um, it's just a waste of money. Well, there's something that said that if you have water, and if you add this, some people, just stay with me. This is where it breaks down a little bit. But some scientists, some uh, marketers, they said it's supposed to help. But what happens if you just have peanut butter and jelly, but you never put them together on a sandwich. You miss out. Unless you're allergic, then you live a little longer. But then you have water and you have electrolytes. But if you have the water and the electrolytes and you're just like, hey, I have it. Well, I'm just going to drink the water. You miss out on the benefit, the effect of having whatever is supposed to help you. Hit that slide, please. This kind of made me laugh. Uh, someone is suing Smart Water because it didn't make him smart. Uh, so I'd like to formally announce a lawsuit against Thin Mint. So anyway, <laughs> you get you can hit that next slide. You have water, and then you have something that's supposed to help and make it better, make your body absorb, make it uh, healthier for you. It's called electrolytes. 
So this is what I want to do is the electrolyte homostasis essentiality, whatever that says. That's what I think I would like to do. You can hit that next slide. But until it's mixed, there's no change. Until you actually figure out whatever God is asking you to do in your life, just say, for example, and I know it's kind of breaks down because God is the water, he's not electrolytes, he's so much more than that. But say, this is your life. This is what God's given you, but God has given you the Holy Spirit, the power to transform, to change, to give you victory. And you say, hey, I have my Bible at home. I have my Bible downloaded on my phone. I have Christians that surround me. I have friends that lift me up, but ah, I don't want to call them because it's too difficult. It's too embarrassing. It kind of makes me feel guilty that I need somebody. Until we mix what God's given us with who he is, and we don't mix God with us, we surrender completely to God. That's where it breaks down. But until you mix it, it's not going to have any effect. It will not have any change in your life. It's just going to be water with something good, like an idol, if we could be that honest, like an idol that we put on a shelf. Well, when I need God, I know where to find the Bible. When I need help, I know who to speak to. When I need something, I know where to go. And God's like saying, no, I want you to no longer be water. I want you to be infused and uh, just completely changed into my likeness, into who I am. So it's not just once in a while you get a rabbit's foot that we think, hey, it's a good luck charm, but we have Jesus that wants to change our lives. So might I suggest we take him off the shelf and include him in our lives and we allow him to change us. The fear of God is what we need to have, and the fear of God is reverence. But I was listening to a sermon this week, and it talked about the fear of God. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge is of the Holy One result in good judgment. The fear of God is a fear of living without God. Do we fear living without God? I mean, God, you're here, but in my life, eh, I don't know if I need you. I spend so much time this sermon, like just looking at uh, pictures and downloading, and then I go on rabbit trails. But it's no good if you have the plug, if it's not plugged into the electricity. Hit that. Plug into Jesus. It's no good if you have all the puzzle pieces, but you don't learn how to connect with each other. J-Bot Beth, the puzzle. I do not like puzzles. I do not have the patience for puzzles. And so Chris came over and he was helping us make the puzzle. And the puzzle has some pieces, had letters or words or pictures. Those I can figure out. But then part of the puzzle, it had a border of white. How can you figure out which puzzle piece goes together when you have puzzle pieces and they're all white? You have to use every single one. I lack, well, self-control. So I got up and I left. And I said, I will be back when you guys are done. And I did put in the last and final piece. So I completed the puzzle. Anyway, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God. He was plugged into his father, but he knew how to communicate with others. He was plugged into his father well, he was deity, but also with fellow believers. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices, Acts 19.18. We will get through this chapter. 
So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and this other place before going to Jerusalem. And after that, he said, I must go to Rome. Paul wanted to go and be used of God. Paul had this uh, victory. Paul saw people come to Jesus. Paul was uh, so encouraged by people repenting. But what did I Where were what was Paul doing at the same time this was taking place? He was writing a letter. Does anybody remember who the letter was going to or why he was writing this letter? Paul was multitasking and he had this heart and this burden for somewhere else, but he was seeing God do something here. So instead of staying here, he wanted to go somewhere else, but he didn't want to go where he was go, uh, writing the letter. It was Corinth. The Corinthian church was a absolute mess. And we could talk about that. We probably will once we get done Acts. We'll talk about where Paul was sending this letter, but Paul did not feel like I have to go to Corinth to follow up on this letter. He sent Timothy and another to go and he was feeling good impressed to follow Jesus somewhere else because he believed Timothy could take what we would say the power of the Holy Spirit with him to Corinth and Paul could go to Rome where God was calling him. Sometimes we, I fear, like, I don't know if they'd be good at that because they need the power of the Holy Spirit. And well, I know I have it, so I guess I better go. It's like, no, you go where God wants you and pray that others follow Jesus where he wants them. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. They were troubled and concerned by the situation in Corinth. He did not go. He was troubled and concerned about what was taking place in Corinth, but he knew he was not supposed to be there physically to fix it. How often do we see something that there's a mess, there's trouble, and we feel like, ah, God must want me to go there. And God is saying, I want you to pray and fast and intercede for the one I am sending there. So we don't get overwhelmed. We don't get burdened. We don't lose so much margin that we can't find Jesus in his love. We're so busy spinning, trying to do what we feel God wants us to do. And God's saying, trust those that have reach for me. About that time, serious trouble developed in Ephesus concerning the way. Ephesus, as we uh, remember, it was like um, uh, New York City or Los Angeles. It was like the hub of what was taking place. What was the trouble going on in Ephesus? It had to do with money. Money. And not these $100 bills. You know, might say like, that'd be nice, but hit the next slide. This is more like what my bank account looks like. So not hundreds, but I got singles. Okay. Because we know more money equals. Hey, you guys. Yeah. Some of you are like, can I say that in church? Like, I don't know if that's okay. More money equals more problems. Artemis, uh, this was the goddess that all the money was going to. And because Paul was preaching a message, people were becoming Christians, so they weren't giving so much money for Artemis. Twice annually, they did elaborate festivals that were held in her honor. This might get me in trouble. Santa Claus only comes once a year. And Hit the next slide. And in 2021, in the United States, the Christmas holiday sales reached $859 billion. It did not go down the last couple years. So what do you think if there were two holidays that there was this much money being spent and somebody came in and said, no, stop it. 
There's a better way than Santa Claus and Coca-Cola. And you start taking money away from those that are benefiting from it. There was concern. That's what it says in some translations. There's concern because they were taking money out of their pocket. You can, you can keep scrolling until the picture. So uh, Demetrius, this is one of the guys that, oh, you can stay there. Demetrius was uh, one of the guys that was really upset. Demetrius was a silversmith. What happened in Ephesus, the coins, silver coins, and other um, shrines had carvings of Artemis on them. So they were minted in Ephesus. So Demetrius was making these coins, minting these coins with Artemis on them, and now he was losing business. He was losing money. He was upset. Archaeologists have now found uh, this amphitheater in um, Ephesus, 24,000 people. This is modern-day archaeologists have found this amphitheater. 24,000 people would gather to hear. And now they're hearing, well, you're following the wrong thing. So I don't know if this is a good movie, bad movie. I just remember the title of the movie, Rebel Without a Cause. This guy was getting so upset, so frustrated, Demetrius, so mad at what was taking place. Hit that next slide. Because he had a fear of missing out. He had a fear of like, hey, I want money so I can get this, so I can do that. And what God was saying to through Paul is like, you don't need to miss out. You need me in your life. You need to accept the power that I've given you through the Holy Spirit. The next step is full-scale psychological warfare, right? That's like you got this tick, right? Like the army did this experiment on you, right? It just went terribly wrong. It's like, look up. Back up! Mind your business, that's all. Mind your business. Back up! Back up! Mind your business, that's all. Just mind your business. So sometimes we just have to mind our own business. But Jeff, if I give money to the church, that means I can't spend money here. If I donate my time to work at that uh, pregnancy shelter, then I can't have my time with my own family. Well, if I start to do this, then you start to meddle with my own life. And God's saying, I don't want you to have me here and you here. I want to mix. So wherever I go, you go. And wherever you go, I'm there in the middle of what's taking place. At last, the mayor was able to quiet them down and... Enough, he spoke. Citizens of Ephesus, everyone knows that Ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, whose image fell down to us from heaven. Since this is an undeniable fact, you should stay calm and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, but they have stolen nothing from the temple, have not spoken against our goddess. We'll pause right there. They did not speak against the goddess. What is taking place here is the governor is so worried that Ephesus is going to be put on trial by the Romans for rioting against the Christians. Wouldn't that be an interesting thing if our government was worried about the Christians are doing such a positive thing? Like if you start putting them down, if you start putting fingers at them, if you start questioning them, 
it's going to look bad on you because look at what's taking place. Change lives, people being healed, babies being rescued. In that time, uh, there were babies that were thrown out, literally. They were seen as having a health issue or some sort of problem. And so uh, they would just throw them out. There's a whole place that they did that because they thought it'd be better if the baby did not grow uh the government at the time didn't have to take care of them that you know just let them pass away but the christians went and found those deformed unattractive delayed babies and said they deserve life and then the government said look at what they're doing not just for their own but for us their enemies they care even for our children. What if that was said about the church? Then maybe there'd be less fighting and more, hey, I don't know about your Jesus, or at least your life is speaking to me. It's speaking to me. We're just going to skip down. Sorry, I'll go down. So Jesus walking on water with Peter. I'm going to hit that next slide. It's an amazing thing of what took place. Can you imagine like Peter walking on water, Jesus there, just they catch eyes, so exciting. Then Peter starts to sink and Peter's probably flailing around. But I don't know if you've ever been like in something where it looks like time stood still or things were going in super slow motion. Just imagine you were just walking on the water, looking at Jesus, but then you're looking at the waves and the next thing he's looking at Jesus. Wait, he's looking at Jesus walking on water. Then he looks at the waves and he's underwater. But the next thing he sees is Jesus. That's how Jesus sees us. That's how we can view him. In your shame, in your guilt, in your past, we can put my life in your hand. I trust in you, my God. So, Jesus on the cross, yes, that's why he came. Jesus resurrected, has given us great power. Jesus has given us the Bible, not just to be put on the shelf, but for us to use and to learn from. And he's given us the power of the Holy Spirit, that our lives might be changed. That it's not just water, it's not just God's over there, but we are connected. We are plugged in. We are changed by the power of who God is. So electrolytes, this probably tastes terrible, but I'll still drink it because, you know, I got to get buff for the summer. But um, it's an illustration of how many times do we just leave Jesus on the shelf? And we think all these fights that are happening around us are for us to get engaged in, for us to speak our peace, for us to drive a stake. But Jesus says, hey, I, I got it. I got it. Just hide behind the cross and find rest in me. Because all that I know is I can't do this by myself. And what a great reminder from those that shared that God's speaking to you, speaking to you, speaking to me. He's using us. God's going to make a difference as long as we let our lives be transformed into his likeness, not into our own wants.
So Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the testimonies of what you've done in the past. We thank you for when we are discouraged, we can be lifted up by the truth of your word, by the fellowship of other believers, by feeding on your truth. We thank you, God, because you are worthy to be praised. You are great, and we are thankful. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. And you can clap for Chris. Yeah. <laughs>